0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi and today is Friday, April 21st, 2017 and you guys listening to episode 303, is that right? 303? Holy shit. Um, Wow, it just goes quick. Just goes quick everybody. How the heck is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a nice time in between uh, podcasts. I put out a podcast yesterday on Patreon. Uh, then I had to go to Atlantic City, so this one is uh, about twelve hours late. Sorry about that, but um, that's what seven hours in the car going to Atlantic City. By the way, Atlantic City. Listen, I'm not trying to be a dick, but Atlantic City is like it's like if the apocalypse. Like it's it's almost like if a nuclear weapon hit Vegas, and then just the survivors there still went around doing what the the people that the victims did, and they just still do it, it's fucking awful, I'm not gonna lie, Atlantic City is one of the most depressed, it either needs to get, now I had a good time on stage, I wanna thank, there's a new comedy club down there called Atlantic City Comedy Club, it's on the property of um, Caesar's Palace, you know, very nice, and all that, I'm talking about like, just getting to Atlantic City, driving to Atlantic City, like, just seeing it walking around the casinos, and it's like, somebody either needs to just build the shit up to make it like a Vegas, you know, just just take it to another level, or just something, because it is fucking awful. Um, it's like, <laughs> I was just walking through Caesars Palace last night, and I'm looking around, and it's as if it's like a government experiment. Still, like, all right, let's see how, let's see how depressed they can get before they snap. It's just, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Um, but uh, anyway, this is three oh three. I got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. Got my unacceptable. Your guys' unacceptables, of course. Um, some, uh, some funny, interesting stuff going on. Also, um, I'm gonna get into something that happened in New York City that night when I was with my friend that just annoys the absolute shit out of me, so uh, we got a full, fun-filled TVE 303 for you guys, Uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, in your car, um, on the treadmill, in your cubicle, just sitting home, listening to the Verzi effect, Uh, enjoy, but first, before I get into the show, gotta, uh, of course, shout out to sponsors. The Versi Effect podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services. Uh, Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers out there in New England, check him out and his amazing YouTube page, uh, clips, videos of the training that he does with the dogs. He's awesome. Uh, he worked with our dog and it paid dividends right away. It uh, he's he's great. Also, he had does Facebook Live, all of his social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out Coach. Uh, I'm sorry, check out City Living Dog. Dot com and check out all of the um, all of the social media for coach Mike also all things comedy guys go to all things comedy who has been amazing to me this week by the way all things comedy for your favorite podcast best comedy podcast out there also amazing comedy albums on uh, all things records and um, you know they were amazing to me I'm shooting a special and all of all Things Comedy just tweeted out tickets for my show and showed me so much love from California. It was amazing to have um, just a bunch of, even just all these comedians, just, you know, big name, up and coming, just everybody, all the whole comedy community out there, All Things Comedy just tweeted out about my special and uh, it's it, it, it's been amazing and I can't tell you guys one thing you guys don't know about a special and I'm learning it now and my poor wife is feeling it, is how so many other things are going on other than just the show. It's like the show is the easiest part, the stage is the easiest part. I've mentioned before, John Panette, rest his soul, one of the funniest comedians you'll ever see, one of the hardest-hitting killers ever. If you want to laugh and just see a master at his craft and somebody just so fucking funny and murdering, check out John Panette's clips on YouTube. Um, an amazing guy. I'll tell you guys a, uh, a quick story about John Panette, but I just want to uh, finish my thought here. He said the easiest thing we do is being on stage. He said we basically get paid for travel, we get paid for all the shit that we put our bodies through and the flying and the driving and the all this stuff, but now there's a whole other level with doing this special. Um, you hear from managers about things that are being changed in the contract. You hear from agents about you know doing this and that. You hear from, you know, all these different things that like you as the talent, myself as the talent and the artist in the situation, you just want to focus on your craft. And it's just so much other bullshit. I can't even begin to tell you people. It's like, that's, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before where I would ask comics, "How is was your special? Like, I'm just glad it's over. I'm just glad it's over. And I would never understand that. And now I kind of do as far as a business end, because it's just so many things, it's emails, and this needs to be changed, and all the contract, 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 is this, this, a conference call, you need this, and what are you going to do here, and you got to, I got to fly out to LA, and maybe shoot the sketch, and all kinds of things, so it's absolutely crazy, Um, look, I don't want to sound ungrateful, it's an amazing, uh, it's amazing problems, I guess, to have, but there is just so much bullshit that goes into the to it that now I see why they say show business and I'm seeing it more. I remember Bill Burr and I talking about this and he goes, yeah. He goes, welcome. You know, welcome. You understand and, and, and you understand and you see it now. But I wanted to go back to the John Panette thing. Uh, this is how amazing John Panette was where uh, John Panette, I was working with him at Bananas Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie. And, you know, he had, he, you know, John did very well. Uh, financially, he was, he was nice, and he goes, you know, I make a buck, or whatever, he was really a super funny, super nice guy, but, like, he took, like, a car service from Pennsylvania to New York, just, like, far, like, just, you know, because, you know, and he could, he was in Hairspray on Broadway, he was a national touring comedian that headlined, you know, major clubs all over the country, he had specials all over the place, Um, and he was like, hey, you want to go talk in the green room, and then I went in the green room, and he just handed me a lot of money, and it wasn't like 20 bucks, like he handed me money, like 100, 100- like it was like money. And uh, I was like, oh, John, I can't take that. And he was like, you have to, you have to. And he like wouldn't take no for an answer. And he's like, listen, I know how hard it is coming up and I know what it is coming up. And uh, and I make a buck or whatever and, and you know, I, I, I want you to take the money. And uh, it was just such an unbelievably nice gesture. And, and it was just, you know, to just put extra cash in an up and coming comedian's you know, hands, and, and say, you know, I know how hard this is coming up, and I know what you, what you're going through, and not a lot of people really do, and when you're, I think at that time, I was probably about six or seven years in, so fairly new, you know, and I wasn't really hitting the New York City scene, um, as much, like, you know, as, you know, so I was, I was really just trying to find my way, and, um, and he was very, very nice to, uh, to a young comedian, and again, just another guy gone, gone way too, just far too soon, Um, but I wanted to share that story on the show because my show is the shit. That's why. Um, oh, Bill Burr is calling me. I got to take this. Hold on. Let me see if I could, let me see if I could answer this. Hold on. Hello. Oh boy. All right. That sounds private. Hold on a second. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. I just had to have a little business discussion there with my buddy, Bill Burr. Um, where was I? I don't even know where I was. So I gotta find that out. Okay. Alright. So anyway, yeah, I was just uh talking about how great of a man uh you know John Panette was and everything. But yeah, it's just so much going into this stuff and uh you know, I had somebody come out, a representative come out and see me last night in Atlantic City, and then we sat down over some sushi to talk and talk about some stuff in the contract, and it's just like what so, a lot of stuff. But you guys don't have to worry. Um, you guys, if you're coming out to the special, uh, that's all business bullshit. The, 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 the show should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm doing a lot of material that I'm having fun with. And, um, you know, so it should be a great time. And I want to thank everybody. A ton of people have been buying tickets. And um, it, it, it looks like it's going to be um, an amazing crowd. Knock on wood. That's the, It looks like a lot of people have been uh, coming to uh, To get the tickets and and gonna be uh, in the crowd that night, so it's gonna be uh, should be a lot of fun. Thank you all the Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much. Um, got some more this week. Put out a you know put out a kind of a heavy one this week. And I'm st- again I am working on this video thing because what's happening is I have the Patreon app on my phone and I make a video and I tried to upload it to Patreon. It's not letting me for some reason. So I'm missing something. I don't know if I need to buy something for my computer something. But I'm going to be doing the, uh, the video uh, Unacceptables for sure. Uh, did something really, really cool this week that I never did before. And I heard about it and I was kind of like, um, you know, I was kind of like was thinking to myself, you know, why would I do a show like this before? And what it is, is it's an apartment show. So... I've always heard about this and I've always seen pictures of it and I've seen like comedians doing it, where you literally would go to somebody's apartment in New York City and there would be chairs in the living room and a stage and a spotlight and a sound system and a mic and there would be real people sitting in this apartment and you would do a spot. And you know it's like if you guys ever saw if you guys ever saw the movie uh, what Punchline with uh, Sally Field and Tom Hanks. Where she's an up and coming comic and he's a, a comic at a You got actually if you're into stand up comedy, you got to see watch Punchline with uh, Tom Hanks and Sally Field. Uh, it's just kind of like a you know it's kind of a cool little little thing and you know it shows them like during the day comics to make money during the day they go to hospitals. And they tell jokes to sick people and they, they just, just to stay fresh and to do whatever. So I never did an apartment show. Not that I was opposed to it, but I was just like, I don't know if I would, you know, if I'm doing spots and clubs and stuff. I mean, maybe if I have a joke to work out, but if, you know. So anyway, long story short, uh, I get hit up by a comic, very funny dude, good dude from Atlanta, Mike Albanese. And he hits me up and he says, uh, hey man, I'm doing a bunch of these apartment shows if you want to come down, and I said, well, I really appreciate that, that's actually good timing, because I'm running a bunch of material, I'm doing some new stuff, and running stuff for the special, and now's a good time to get as many minutes as I possibly can, so maybe I will, and then I got booked at Dangerfields, and then I got booked at New York Comedy Club, or whatever, or The Stand, and I just didn't have time, so I said, hey man, so sorry, I wasn't able to make it out to that apartment building, but whatever, so then finally, he's like, hey, I'm doing another one tonight, if you want to come, And I was like, yeah, I was going to try to go down to the city and do another show, but what time is that show? And he said, oh, it's in Long Island City. Um, It's right outside Manhattan in Long Island City. And, um, you know, you go out. And I said, well, is it packed? They're like, what's it like? And he goes, yeah, packed. It's like 90 people all into it. I'm bored with the comedy. So I'm like, I got to check this out. So I was like, let me, I'll do it. I was like, let me, I'll I'll do it. Put me on. He's a great man. You know, you come down when, you know, I'll throw you up when you get in here. I said, great. So I literally, Lloyd, not now. Son of a, I swear to God, it's like every time I get into the flow of a story, this fucking dog, okay, so anyway, so, um, so he's like, yeah, you know, it's packed out, everybody's into it, so I drive, I drive down to Long Island City, Queens, right outside, and it's amazing, it's such a nice neighborhood, a really trendy neighborhood, and like, the Empire State Building. I posted a picture up on Patreon, but the Empire State Building is just glowing blue, and it's right there across the water. It's it's just like such an amazing view of New York City, and you feel like you could throw a rock, like it's just right there. And I park the car. the the you know the 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 Waze app told me like it's right there, and I look and I'm like, oh, it's a really nice building. And I pull up um, and I go in, and it's just this nice lobby. And just a doorman sitting there. And I said, like, I was, like, confused. And I go, yeah, I'm here for like, is there a comedy show? Like, I kind of was just, like, didn't know if I was in the wrong place. And he goes, oh, yeah, second second floor. So I get in the elevator. I go to the second floor. And I get off. And it's just, like, it just looks like a like a hotel hallway. It's just apartment buildings. Like a hotel hallway. And all of a sudden, I hear, like, in the distance, a comic on a microphone. And I hear laughing. Yeah, and I, I hear, like, laughing and some applause and, and a show. And then I walk over and I see a couple of comedians, like, kind of, you know, come out into the hallway and they're talking. And I was just like, yeah, is there a comedy show? And they're like, yeah, it's in the rec room. So basically what these buildings do is Mike hooked up with these buildings to, you know, the guy's so smart doing what stand-up comics should do. When you come from another you know, city, and you come to New York, and you're trying to get stage time, you create your own stage time, I remember me, and my old buddy, uh, Bill Scully, we would produce a show at New York Comedy Club, and invite our friends, and family, and people, and and you would do that, like, when you're up and coming, you got to make your own stage time, and he is getting these rec rooms, these game rooms of these really high-end buildings, where, you know, people, you know, just have like there's flyers and hey, be in the rec room at 8 o'clock and you're going to see some of the best stand-ups in New York coming in working on material and they're like, hey, we got nothing to do, we don't have to leave, we'll go and they like dim the lights and there was drinks and people had opportunities to get beers in the back and they're sitting there and there's a spotlight and there's comics and a sound system and it was awesome, they were on board, I did a new joke there and here's one thing that I found. When you do those shows, and it it really entices you, and this is really um, an important thing in comedy. When you do those shows, awful bar shows, open mics that somebody says, hey, man, I would love if you just dropped in and and did some time in my open mic, and you're like, man, I don't know, it's not paid, but it is stage time. It's probably going to be very few people in the crowd, a lot of comics sitting in the crowd waiting to go on stage, and you think not to do it but those rooms do do something for you, they force you to do a brand new idea that you never thought of before, or I'm just gonna do this, and sometimes gold happens, sometimes you get something great, and I did a line that was really that, Uh, you know, I did a line that just was worked, and it was perfect, and I added it to another serious line, and it was just really cool. So they're gonna be doing more of these. So if you're like in Long Island City and you see apartment show or apartment stand up, or I don't know how they're advertising it, but definitely check it out. Check out Mike Albanese. Check out his Facebook page. Uh, really good, awesome, smart idea. And I had a great time. I joked when I got on stage. I was like, "This is the first time I've been doing comedy for like 15 years. Like this is the first time I've ever been standing, you know, in an apart like in an apartment building." telling jokes, and it felt like a, it actually felt like, it, it, was better than some comedy clubs that I've done, so, uh, check that out for sure, um, okay, everybody, I'm gonna do my unacceptable, then get into your guys' unacceptable, um, and then I saw something that really bothers me, really bothers me, and I'm, I, and I am not, what should I do first, okay, yeah, I'll do my unacceptable, all right, so here's my unacceptable, the other night, I do a show, And me and my buddy Giannis Papas meet up and we go, hey man, we haven't done it in a while, let's go to a cigar lounge. I'm not going to name the cigar lounge because the cigar lounge is, is nice people, but something happened that I thought was unacceptable. So we're like, hey, what time, you know, so we just talk, what time's your spot? Okay, my spot is over here at 9.30, what time is your spot? Oh, my spot's at 10. Alright, I'll meet you at your spot, and then we'll go over to the cigar lounge, and you know, whatever. Just talk, I haven't seen you in a while, smoke a cigar, I can't stay out late, I have an hour drive to get home, so, you know, let's let's get it done early. So, uh, unwind, watching the NBA playoff game, smoking a cigar, just talking. And um, the place does something I don't like. And I'm not going to mention a name, like I said, but they start cleaning up like an hour and a half before it's time. And I get that, but not when you're spraying, not when you're spraying cleaner. Like, I don't want to smell cleaner when there's like a fine cigar there. And I don't want to, we're watching the game, but then it got even worse. Then the waitress slash manager slash like, you know, woman there that like does everything She's like yawning, she keeps yawning, it's unacceptable, I don't want to go to an establishment you're yawning, and she's like tired, and she's, um, you know, like, she goes, oh, I can't wait to go home, and she's like clapping her hands to get out of there, and she's like yawning and tired, it's like, I don't need that. Why are you doing that? Why are you making me feel... It's like almost making me feel guilty. It's like, oh, you guys want anything else? Did you, did you want another Diet Coke or water? Or it's basically saying, hey, like, can, are you guys getting out of here soon? Because I, I really need you to get out of here soon because I don't want to be here. That's like the worst way to feel, you know? That's like the equivalent of going to somebody's house when they invite you over. Like they invite you over and it's not even been a long time and they just start like, you know... Just like start opening the door, (laughs) just start walking towards the door, like it just felt awful, and it's unacceptable. And I and and I've seen it sometimes in in places, and I'm like, oh, what time do you guys close? Oh, we close at one. Really? Then why is it fucking mop out at 11:30? Why am I smelling chemicals when I just bought a you know a twenty-five dollar fine cigar, okay? And I'm sitting here talking to my friend, catching up with my friend who I haven't seen in a while. We're watching a game. We're enjoying ourselves for an hour, hour and a half, because we both, he's got to drive, I got to drive, so we're just trying to relax, and it's like, you feel rushed, it's like, we're already leaving early, first of all, it's it's 10.30, 11, you know, they're already closing soon, like, don't start cleaning, don't start yawning, oh, I can't wait to get out of here, she's going, oh, I got to drive to Queens, I don't want to, it's like, then don't, then don't work here, what did you expect was going to happen, you dope, you work in a cigar lounge in New York City, okay, And for you people that don't know, the tobacco laws, you weren't able to smoke tobacco unless you got grandfathered in after the law. So she knows damn well these people have been regulars for years. Their friends have been regulars for years. The people that have been going forever. So it's the same type of people that you know when they're coming in. Okay, people were walking in at 11.40 to get a quick cigar, leaving at 1 o'clock. So why are you doing that? Absolutely unacceptable. You know? Listen, I understand if you want to be like, hey guys, there's 15 minutes, we're closing. Fine. You know, guys, you got 10 minutes to finish your cigars or whatever, then we have to get out of here. And then fine, you want to start cleaning when there's 15 minutes left. But don't start cleaning when there's an hour and a half left. Unacceptable. Okay, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. Uh, let's see, let's see. Okay, yeah, you guys gave me some Patreon suggestions. I asked on Patreon, you know, what comedians you guys want me to have on the show, and uh, so I took all those in. And there's definitely some of those people that uh, I will be, I'll be getting on there. Here we go. This one is from Ashley Bowie, 420 unacceptable. Hey Verzi, longtime listener, but this is my first unacceptable submission. I'll keep it short. I was on the subway this morning and saw a woman at least 30 years old, wearing leggings with weed leafs all over them. Don't get me wrong, I'm 24 and I have my fair share of the devil's lettuce. But, God help me if I turn 30 and shamelessly wear marijuana leggings on my way to work. Yes, we get it, you like to get high, but this isn't uh, Bonnaroo. Uh, next year, wear your big girl pants and grow the fuck up. <laughs> I love it, Ashley. That's hilarious. Ashley from New York City. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's one of those like laid back. It sounds like a, like a hipster office where they're all going to think it's hilarious. And some other pothead's going to go, oh, my God, I love those. The, you have to tell me where you got those because I'm getting those. Like I know they're your idea, but I need those. It's awful. Thank you. For, thank you for the submission. And you're, it's the perfect word you said at the end. Of that. It's like grow up. Grow up. You're a 30-something-year-old woman, all right? Stop wearing marijuana leaves. Uh, here we go. This is a gym troublemaker from AJ. Uh, hey, Paul. I recently started listening to your podcast, and I think it's great. Well, thank you, AJ. Uh, J- I'm sorry, J-A. Uh, J-A. I want to I clear that up. It's because you guys call me fucking AJ. I'm sorry, J-A. Uh, let me paint this for you. I work out at a gym located on the edge of of, on the edge of a suburb, okay, so the members are, okay, I got you, so the members are a mix of backgrounds, but mostly polite country guys, never had any trouble there, so I walk in one day, uh, late on a Monday afternoon, which is, an, which is unacceptable in itself, uh, which I take full blame for, of course, it's crowded with people who just got off of work, I eye the pull-up bar, which is in the same place where the, uh, the fly cables are. I see two guys on the cables. I wait a bit, but they're doing a ton of sets, so I ask to uh, I ask to work in, accidentally interrupting the first dude as he's about to start a set because he looked like he just finished. Uh, self-admitted unacceptable number two, Paul. But that's the end of my personal unacceptables. Dude finishes, and I say, sorry, man, didn't mean to interrupt you, uh, but can I work in? Dude looks... Dismissive and pissed, and says, "Yeah, sure," uh, in about in as, okay, in about as unenthusiastic of a way as possible without saying no. Already, I feel like a chump, Paul, but I press on. Other guy walks away, so I do my set. The first guy does another set. I walk over, put a weight, uh, belt on, and took a uh, and took a forty-five and took a forty-five. Okay, see, so I'm sorry, you hooked up forty-five pound on it. As I walk back with the weight swinging between my legs, like some giant steel testicle, uh, obviously about to do weighted pull-ups, who do I see but the second guy walking up? He looks me in the eyes, fully aware I was next, and proceeds to do the cable flies, ignoring me standing there with 45 pounds between my legs, looking like an idiot. Paul, I am one of the most easygoing guys with a hidden temper. (laughs) And when I say my blood was boiling, it was in full on, uh, it was a full on rolling boil. I've heard you say something uh, was dead to you in the previous podcast, Paul, but this guy was so dead to me at this point that I had to walk away before I did something stupid. Uh, I'm no Sicilian, but I share that attitude towards people who disrespect me like this. I literally couldn't even speak to this jabroni for uh, fear of what I might uh, say or do. Finished up my workout and left feeling like an old landmine from World War II that never got the chance to go off. Locked this troublemaker, no manners have wannabe. want to be. Of a curl, of a curl, bro, up in the cage with two fly cables attached to his arms, so he has the cable flies until bird chest explodes. (laughs) Dude, gym guys are so funny because gym guys have like the funniest terminology. You know, just I just like even like not even that it's gym terminology, but just like bird chest. And just, like, I just think it's funny. Like, squats, bro. And, like, just certain shit like that is so funny. Keep up the good stuff. Jay from Tennessee. Thank you, um, Jay. I appreciate that. And the fact that what what the guy should have done, especially since you have, like, a 45-pound weight hooked onto your belt... And you're about to do pull-ups, like the guy should have been like, hey dude, I know you got that on, do you mind if I just, like, I'll, like I'm will like i sorry, or whatever, like even though, he should have just been like, hey, you have that on, you go, there's actually no excuse for it, you're 100% right, thank you for the submission, and thank you for listening to the show, Jay, okay, um, let's see here, what else we got, um, is this, okay, let me read this one here, I got this one, um, okay, Crispy says, working unacceptable. Paul, I'm a first-time writer, and I love listening to your podcast because you help me laugh uh, at a very uh, infuriating job, so thank you for that. Paul, I work um, receiving in retail store, and my job is to receive incoming product, write receipts, and basically work with the vendors to keep the store looking nice and having product in stock. Just gonna make this uh, font a little bigger here. There we go. So I'm not, uh, so I'm not by any means a perfectionist or a slave to cleanliness. Uh, I like my desk and loading bays clean so I can receive um, effectively. That makes sense. Uh, sound reasonable? Yes, it does. So when I leave for the day, my area will not have product on the ground and everything will be in its spot. For example uh, pallet jacks in their area and floor will be swept as close to mint as I can get before I leave for the day. Reasonable, right? So, here comes the unacceptable. My co-worker and bosses see a nice clean area with breathing room space for maybe 20 pallets. So guess what? They fucking put back stock uh, product that doesn't fit on the floor or damages... Uh, or some fucking signs, or even garbage and cardboard. They do this especially when we have a visit from corporate. So my area looks like crap, not theirs, and it pisses me off more than anything. So almost every day, I have to start all over again, clean up, keeping my area accessible to myself and my vendors, and keeping my uh, efficient and uh, uh, keeping me efficient and effective at my job. I had to earn this job, it's supposed to be a fucking promotion, I've been working there for almost six years, so Paul, I just had to vent a little, I've talked to my bosses to no avail, I'm currently looking elsewhere for employment, but I do have a lot of friends at work, and I am paid um, competitively, okay, Don't (laughs) don't lock them in a cage, just be respectful of my area, and clean up the mess you created. Uh, P.S. I would love to get tickets to your special. I live maybe two hours away in New Haven, Connecticut. Sure. I will send you a link for sure. Um, I love how you say don't put them in a cage, but I can't wait to your next one when you're like freaking out. Like put these fucking animals in a cage. <laughs> Thank you for the submission, buddy. Thanks for listening. Uh, social media unacceptable. From Woodsy Boss. Here we go. Um... My unacceptable people in committed relationships, male or female, who still have photos of them with their exes on their Facebook, social media, etc. Yeah, that's no good. You can't have that. Not saying that uh, it should, that it should or would make me insecure, but no one wants to think about or be reminded of people who <laughs> used to fuck their significant other. This seems to be fairly common, or even the norm now. Uh, am I off base? in thinking this, no, treat these people like the infants they are and lock them in a cage and take away their phones, uh, Facebook and Instagram privileges, love the podcast sent here from Bill Burr, well, thank you, Bill, um, and thank you so much, yeah, I. it is, it's a very immature, people look at it as opposite, like, people will look at it as like, no, it's immature to not do it, no, I agree with you, I think it's very immature and I think it's very ridiculous, and I think it's very infantile to do that, oh, well, you know, he was really, like, I don't like that, like, well, he was really good to me, and, like, he helped me through, like, a tough time, so, like, I'm just gonna, no, it doesn't matter, have some respect, and stop thinking about yourself, and think about somebody else, you dumb cunt, thank you for the submission, uh, here we go, donut unacceptable, from Sam, hi, Paul, as they say uh, in Life of Brain, always look at the bright side of life. Uh, this week I have something that is extremely, ex- oh I'm sorry, donut acceptable. You have something that is extremely acceptable. I was driving to school this morning I saw Krispy Kreme on a street corner. I had been uh, a while, so I guess uh, it had been a while, so I went in. There were, there were a thousand in a hurry. Two minutes passed, and the people in front were uh, taking their time deciding what they wanted. Uh, all of a sudden, without any warning, one of the workers grabbed two glazed donuts right out of the machine and handed them to myself and the guy in front of me. That was all I went in for, so I took it and left. I don't know if that was an apology for the wait or if it was just uh, doing that randomly, just to do that randomly, but I didn't give a fuck, because I had wolfed it down before I got out the door, it was so fresh that I almost, <laughs> I almost burned myself, that's awesome, I basically, uh, it basically melted in my mouth, uh, and not a single flake of glaze fell off, I felt so guilty that I got <laughs> to experience it for free that it got me thinking about it unacceptable it doesn't seem fair that only certain jobs have a tip jar or a gratitude option even though many of them are sorry if this is making you uh even if many of them are equally difficult i'm sorry i skipped a line um had there been a jar at the place i would have thrown in uh The full price of the donut. No questions asked. Sorry if this is making you hungry, by the way. It is. I know this wasn't the most passionate letter, but hopefully it will inspire some good comments from the pride of New Jersey himself. Have a good week and good luck on your upcoming special, uh, which I can't wait to see. Sincerely, Sam. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you so much. And um, that sounds awesome. Krispy Kreme is no joke. Crispy chris Somebody was like, they're too good. It's like they had to go out of business. It's like crack. It's ridiculous. Uh only a couple more here, everybody. And uh here we go. Airplane unacceptable. From Holger. I hope I'm saying that. Oh. Holger, this is from Copenhagen, Denmark, everybody. This is a TV listener from Denmark. What's up, buddy? How are you? Here we go. Hi, Paul. I'm a fan from Denmark, and I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now, but this is my first unacceptable. Well, welcome. Where you been, buddy? My wife and I are on our way back from a great vacation in Vietnam. First part of our trip uh, back to Denmark is a seven-hour flight from Dubai, from Ho Chi Minh City, Dubai. (laughs) Uh, Today, the temperature in Ho Chi Minh City was 38 degrees Celsius, that's 100 Fahrenheit for those of you uh, who don't, uh, who don't have, okay, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha, furthermore, the humidity in South Vietnam is really high, so people uh, were uh, uh, pretty baked in the airport at the gate for our plane, I see this shit show of a man who clearly has no idea about respect and courtesy to his fellow passengers. Let me describe uh, his chosen airplane attire for the day. Starting from the floor and working my way up, uh, on his bare feet, he had a pair of worn-out flip-flops. His pants, ugh, were uh, a pair of dirty shorts that I believe began (laughs) their days as... (laughs) As a pair of long sweatpants, but had not been cut off uh, above the knees. Uh, On his fat torso, this prize of a gentleman wore a tank top that, of course, exposed his hairy and sweaty shoulders. I can't tell you how (laughs) relieved I was to discover that Mr. Dressman was not uh, not in my row. Okay but my heart goes out to the poor fella who was stuck rubbing shoulders with this inconsiderate jerk for a full seven hours. Absolutely unacceptable. Thanks for the great podcast. Hope to be able to see you live someday. Uh, Haldjer, Blad, uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much for, listen, uh, for listening to this from so far away. Uh, and the fact that you've been listening for years is great. I actually had somebody from... Um, was it New Zealand, come and see me in Boston, they were in Boston on vacation, and I was there, and like they said that, like, they it's amazing, the people that listen to this, so thank you so much, um, and I, I honestly think I would have, like, I don't think I could have sat next to that, and it sounds like to me that the guy probably would have smelled, uh, this one is, let's see here, oh my god, yeah, this is a, this is a bike one, Uh, 10 speed twat Any Verzi effector knows That this one is almost as played out As bare feet unacceptables But this bitch is so dumb That I gotta call her ass out Check out the attached photo Just look at this dumb cunt She literally is in the turning lane Behind a car um, On a two lane street Where cars routinely go 50 to 75 miles an hour You really gotta wonder What the fuck is wrong with these people Uh, I wouldn't ever have the gall And the um, Yeah no I know I know, and the audacity audacity to uh, be anywhere near traffic on a bike, it's dangerous enough in a car um, with a seatbelt on, all it takes is one dope texting and driving to splatter her brains all over the pavement, Uh, I've known that sounds harsh, but I just don't get it, Want to ride your bike in the shoulder with traffic whizzing past you at 75 miles an hour. Okay, uh, you're kind of dumb. But to be in the actual fucking lane with traffic. You're right, it is. It's it's crazy. He sent a picture of this woman on a bike in the lane with turning traffic. Like there's literally a white caravan. There's like a hatchback Volkswagen and then her like she's a car. Riding like a motorcycle. Give me a break. Lock her in a cage indefinitely with a bunch of fellow 10 speeders. and let them talk amongst themselves until they all learn some common sense. Take care, Paul Ryan. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. Um, This one is from Valerie. Valerie Bridges. Hello, Valerie. Uh, Paul, I just had to take my dog to get neutered. This was our first time at this vet's office, so when we dropped him off, they had a couple of questions. Fine. Fine. Uh, they asked if he's up to date with his vaccines. Uh, he is, but was due for a booster later this month, so I asked uh, they give it to him. They asked if he is microchipped. He is, so they scan and get the number. Also, there is a bright yellow tag with his number on his collar. I go to pick him up, and I am charged well over $500. It's, they're the worst. They are the worst. They explained uh, his rabies tag uh, is in his bag with his meds, wait, what, (laughs) I know, I know, they knew he was current with that shot, they, they assure me that the extra vaccine won't harm him, and credit my account for the cost, I get him home, and I am looking at the invoice, they charged me for the fucking microchipping, so I call them immediately, what the actual fuck, these, (laughs) <laughs> These miserable bitches better not have put another microchip in my dog after giving him an unnecessary shot. They assure me that it was uh, that it was a clerical error, and that if I didn't receive a bright yellow tag on the paperwork for register, that he was not chipped. I don't know if they were covering their asses, but I'm fucking livid. Put these cunts, put these cunts in a cage. Oh, there's nothing better than when a female gets mad and calls another female a cunt. It's one of my favorites. Um, in the cages, they have on hand and give them unnecessary medical procedures. Sorry, I'm so mad. I couldn't find a way to, to make that funny. Yes, you did. It was funny. Thank you very much, uh, Valerie. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. I don't even know what to say to that because you guys know how livid I got when I said, yeah, how much for the thing? My dog, I mean my cat. I'll do that with the cat. It's like, well, you know, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. So probably about literally, I think she told me four or $500. And then she gives me an invoice that was $1,100. Oh, this charge and that charge. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. All right. I love my cat, but $1,100. And you know what? That was two years ago. And my cat's fine. He's running around now. Fine. Shakay's got an infection in his mouth, that's not going to go away, guess what, it went away, he's fine, they're liars, they're like mechanics, they're awful, okay, last one everybody, this is the last one, how far along are we, let's see, oh, 40 minutes, got a couple things to talk about, this one I'm going to have to probably cut like five minutes short, only because I have to go and get my son, but I wanted this to come out, but, if you subscribe to Patreon for a minimum of $3 a month, everybody, I did almost like an hour on that one, and that one got deep, so uh, you could check that out as well, but here we go, here we go, let's see, Here, let me get this last one in here, uh, Fat Bitch at the Doctors from Christopher, I love my my writers, because here's the thing I've noticed about my listeners and my fans, they're super smart, but since my show is dedicated to like, unacceptables, It makes super smart, nice people vent. So like their writing is great and it's funny and like some of it's articulate. Like even when you guys talk about shitting and pooping, it's just... I love how I said pooping after shitting. But even when you guys talk about that, it's like eloquently done. I mean nothing like the Shakespeare of shit himself. But you guys know what I mean. Christopher says, fat bitch at the doctors. I get my doctor's appointment five minutes early and I get signed in a few minutes late. This sweaty broad comes waddling in and says the same doctor, uh, it says the same doctor as me. So, of course, her fat ass name gets called before mine. And as I sit there 15 minutes after my scheduled appointment, I ask the receptionist how often they make appointments. She says every 15 minutes, meaning that goddamn sweat factory showed up ten, <laughs> 10 minutes late. And instead of, uh, saying, listen, sit down, uh, and catch your breath. Uh, we'll let Christopher go now. They call her back, and because she is late to her appointment, now I'm stuck here. I cannot stand people who have zero time management skills. Uh, I'd rather be 15 minutes early versus five minutes late. Fuck that sweaty elephant <laughs> and her lack of consideration. Good luck finding a cage big enough for a moron ass. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean, but these are just, it's like the venting is hilarious. And fuck doctors waiting rooms while they're at it. Why not? Love you, man. Keep on keeping on. Well, thank you, Christopher. I appreciate that. I want to thank everybody who submitted this week, Versi Effect 303 Thank you guys so much. Hilarious as always. Unfortunately, I can't do the Twitter. Um, I don't even know right now because... Uh, all things comedy and a bunch of comedians have you know tweeted stuff about my special and tickets and that's all on there and it's just so long so I would have to go through so so many even if they were on there so I'm sorry if you had a quick one and you wanted to send it to Twitter resend it and I will definitely get it um, I'll get it to you if you would like to send your, um, unacceptables to my show, please submit them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail. A lot of people don't know how to spell unacceptables. It's unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. And it's not the number four. It is F O R unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for the, um, For the submissions. Hilarious as always. And especially thanks to the people who are first time submitters, first time submitting to the show. That's awesome. Uh, People all over the world Denmark, we got today. We got Croatia. We got New Zealand. We have Japan. We have uh, people, soldiers stationed out there. And um, I will submit the link to the people who asked about the special. So I will be doing that. You will be getting that today. Um, One thing I wanted to talk about, now I haven't gotten political on here. At all. And, uh, you know, I've said that I haven't even, you know, I'm even talking about it in my act. One of the greatest things I've done is totally ignore any kind of political commentary on social media, even when somebody is way out of line and somebody is saying something. Uh, that is just so ridiculous on both, both Republican and democratic sides. When I see it, I'm just like, how is that? That is such a one sided just for your team bullshit. You're a dummy and you know, nothing. All right. And, um, I, I was, I've been totally fine and I, I wanted to say something again. I saw something, but it was just really, really ridiculous. And I have to call this out because it's, it's, it's brutal. And, and the same thing goes for for any anybody that I'm talking about here as far as presidents or Democrats or Republicans and everything like that. But I don't know if this was a true thing. I don't, I don't think it was true. I think it might have been superimposed. Maybe it wasn't. But uh, there was something on there. And I know a lot of awful things. Just so just you guys know how awful people can be when it comes to politics? I talked to a guy who is very close friends with Secret Service agents. And, uh, and one Secret Service agent in particular who is there now with Trump but was also with Obama. And uh, this guy is, I mean they're dear friends. This comedian and this Secret Service agent is dear friends with a guy who literally stands next to the President of the United States and did it for Obama for years. And he literally said, people that were racist against Obama would literally shake his hand and while shaking his hand, smiling at him, be like, you nigger, you piece of shit nigger, this and that, and saying that to him. And like Obama would just take it, smile and keep going. Like that's the level that's out there which is sickening and ridiculous. But it goes the other way too and I saw something that, um, I think it was like, there was a t-shirt that Whoopi Goldberg was wearing and it was like the president of the United States, it was Trump, with like with like, a, like, a gun to his head that he shot and like his brains coming out and like the ear flying off and it just said make America great again and like Whoopi Goldberg's got the t-shirt on and she's smiling and somebody said it might be fake and I think it was. I think, I don't think, Whoopi, whether Whoopi Goldberg likes I don't think that she would have that t-shirt on. I think it was like a superimposed thing. And I'm like, whatever, people could say that. But then what I saw Which just reassures that I'm right. And first of all, I know I'm right. Like when I know I'm right, I know that I'm right. I know when I speak to liberals and when I speak to conservatives, I know exactly what they're thinking and what they're going to say and how they're going to say it and how they're going to spin it every time. Because they're the same person. They're a brainwashed robot who the left side is going to watch CNN and they're going to watch Rachel Maddow and the right side is going to just forever have Fox News on and they're like robots and they're usually people in their 50s and 60s and I hate to say it because, you know, some of it, my, my family falls under the category of it sometimes and and I and that's just what it is and I'm sorry and I don't mean to be disrespectful, you know, I love my mother and father but when you, go, when you go to their house, they had certain channels on, you know, that's what it is and the other people, but it's usually people in their 50s and 60s they don't really have much going on and they cling to this, because that's what they do, okay, and that's just real, and I'm sorry, that's what it is, so I know when I speak to somebody, you know too, when you speak to somebody, you know if they're going to, what position they're taking, and how they're going to do it, and people that were saying, like, no war, and people shouldn't be killed, and and the, the very, you know, the, the far liberals are like, you know, this is awful and we're going to go to war and this and that. I saw them commenting on this shirt of the president with his brains blown out. After that basically happened to John F. Kennedy in front of the people. And these people are going like, oh, I like it or something like that. And just like the way they were relishing this guy, they, they were relishing it. Now, even if wishing that on anybody, okay, wishing that on anybody is, is something wrong with you, but to do it to somebody that didn't take us to war yet, didn't, didn't, you know, didn't do any, you know, didn't send your child to war to get killed, didn't do anything like that, and the amount of people that were all for peace, and preaching no war, and doing this, that were liking a shirt where a president's got his brains blown out, it, it's just, it just goes to show, folks that there are really unhappy people, there are really people that don't have much in their life, and here's one thing you could take to the bank right now. If you notice, the people that talk politics, or the people that get overly upset about politics, and the people that like have a, oh my God, I just can't, this is so, I just can't, those people, okay, a couple of things. One, not truly happy, because every really, really, and I'm talking real happiness, people will fake it, people will fake it, people will act like they are, but I've noticed people who are doing very well financially or people who are, um, people who are doing well financially or people who are truly happy, they kind of just keep it to the vest, they just kind of, they keep their opinions to themselves and they do it, it's the people that are unhappy, the people that don't have much, they cling on to it and that's what it is. And the far, far right and the far, far left are really not great people. I'm serious. I really think, like, I'm talking far. I'm not talking conservatives and and liberal. I'm talking the people that can't be spoken to, that will not listen. There is definitely some sort of, there's some sort of malfunction and damage to that person. I truly, truly believe that. And if you want to write me and combat me with it, I'll go back and forth with you. I would love to. You know, I'm not going to get into politics. I'm not even talking about politics. If you notice, I'm not talking about what your political views are. I'm talking about how you handle what you feel and what is acceptable at some points, like saying, you know, I don't want war. And everybody, of course, you want peace. But then it's okay to see somebody dead or blowing their head off of the president. It's like, it's like, come on. So that bothered me to see that. And it bothered me when I heard what people were saying and, and the things that Obama had to, you know, endure. And and watching people have a dummy of Obama burning, you know, for the simple reason that he's a black dude. You know, it's it's really like those people on the far left and the far right, you like seeing Donald Trump's brains blown out. You like seeing, you know, a, a, a mannequin or a, or a dummy of, of Obama being burned at the stake and all that. You like Like that's that, those, that's the problem, man, those people are just, it's so ridiculous and upsetting, uh, to me at least, but I, I, the nice thing was to see that on Facebook and go, should I go, nah, you know what, I'm gonna walk away, I got shit to do, I got a family I love, I got some jokes to write, I gotta go, I gotta go, I got a show to do, I got a special to prepare for, I gotta take my kids out, that's the way I look at it, and, and I would implore you to do the same, all right, there you go, I'm done um, sports, everybody, how about the New York Yankees winning 9 out of the last 10, oh, you know I'm going to Yankee Stadium, you know I'm going to Yankee Stadium, taking the kid, taking the boy, um, and, you know, the NBA playoffs, what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna say about the NBA playoffs, the NBA playoffs, it's, it's almost like, you know what, it reminds me of like WWE wrestling when I watched it when I was a kid, you know who's going to win this match and who's going to win that match, but you ultimately know who's going to win the title. And that's what's happening. So yeah, you're gonna, like I said, you're going to watch some great games. You're going to you're going to see great amazing athletes playing in these great games and it's oh my god, did you see them? That team's getting good. The Warriors are going to win the title. The Warriors are going to play the Cavaliers in the finals again and the Warriors are probably going to win. That's what's going to happen. Everybody's talking about, oh, well, the Washington Wizards. And everybody's talking about, oh, I don't know, man. You got to see that the Rockets are really good. And, you know, what about you? Chicago's playing good. Nobody is going to beat the Western Conference All-Star team that is the um, Warriors. Because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson alone could go deep. And then you got Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. It's going to be a big, it's going to be, they're going to win it, I think. So enjoy the NBA playoffs, it's fun to watch the talent, it's fun to watch great games, you know what's happening. I did not see a movie guys, I did not see a movie this week, Um, but I will have a movie review um, next week, and uh, I want to get into some plugs, Uh, yes, if you guys would like tickets to my special May 2nd, which is less than, we're less than two weeks away now, uh, please send me a message and I will send you a link for complimentary tickets to be in the live crowd of the taping of the show, okay? So send me send me that and I will send you those tickets. Also, um, May 11th is the third annual, and this is very near and dear to my heart, the uh, third annual uh, Kevin Longto Benefit, my uh, brother-in-law, my late brother-in-law, Kevin's Web is the uh, benefit. Um, we're raising money for... Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's going to be great. We did two of them. The first one was incredible. Last year was incredible. This year is going to be incredible. Um, Sal Vicano from Impractical Jokers is going to be there. Dan Soder from Showtime's Billions. Uh, yours truly, of course. Um, I'm also, uh, Greg Stone is going to be hosting. And we're going to have a couple of people come out and maybe some special guests. Um... And, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Levity does a great job. We raise money. There's going to be raffles. There's going to be a 50-50. Last year, somebody got a Tom, Brazy, a Tom Brady signed jersey. Uh, somebody, I think, won $1,000 on the 50-50. It's always an amazing lineup. It's going to be great. We're working on some surprise guests as well. That's uh, Thursday, 7.30, May 11th. Okay, so the special is on the 2nd. The benefit is on the 11th. And all of my fans, podcast listeners, everybody, Please go to the Punchline in Atlanta. I will be there May 18th through the 21st. One of my favorite, one of the best clubs. It's an unbelievable club. And, um, you know, so please check out from May 18th through the 21st, the Punchline in Atlanta. Uh, May is an amazing month. My firstborn beautiful son, Lucas Paul Verzi, was born on May 29th. He has the same birthday as... Who is, who is your birthday? You have the same birthday as a couple of your aunts. You have the same birthday as, I believe, John F. Kennedy. You have the same birthday as Carmelo Anthony. I do? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of... There's a couple of... Uh, yeah, May 29th that is a good one. But anyway, uh, so that's where I'm going to be, guys. Check that out. May 2nd, the special. May 11th, the benefit at Levity Live, which is for an amazing cause, Kevin's Web. Check that out at LevityLive.com and go to the NIAC because there's another Levity now in California. Go to the one in New York. Uh, and May 18th through the 21st, I will be at the Punchline in Atlanta working on the next hour. That's right, everybody. I'm never, never not working. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Until 3.04, I'm out of here. Take care.